Thanks, guys. That was super good. If you have a Bible, you can grab one from there in the pew, and uh, you can turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19. And uh, while you're turning there, uh, I want to tell you a story about a funeral that I went to one month ago for one of my best friends from high school. I want to tell you about the way that I hugged his mom and I told his 14-year-old son about what his dad was like when he was his age. So when I was a freshman in high school, uh, I met this guy named Ryan Miles. And Ryan was really heavy set. He was poor and he was fatherless. And on top of that, Ryan had no athletic capability. He was literally the clumsiest guy I've ever met in my whole life. All of our funny stories about Ryan involved him falling over somehow, some way. And uh, one of the things I always remember about Ryan was that he would always, uh, he would always be pushing his, his glasses were always sliding down his nose. So he was always pushing them back up, like while he was talking to you, you know. So, um, and there he is, he's right there on the, on the left. And uh, really, a, a lot of those things are, are, are marginal to this kind of central issue of the fact that he grew up without a dad, right? And just the really big void that left in his life. And when I met Ryan 20 years ago, he was just lost. I mean, he was trying so hard to be accepted by the people around him, and none of it was working, okay? It was just one of those situations where the high school kid who's trying too hard, right? Like, that never, that never works out very well. Uh, and it just, you know, it just comes across as, as anxious and desperate, right? And uh, all, the, all the kinds of things that get under, you know, high schoolers uh, see. So I want to tell you right now, okay, you're probably not in high school because most of our high schoolers are on their way to Nicholsville right now. But it doesn't matter that right now all of you are kind of surrounded by people who are lost and searching and trying very hard to be seen. Okay? In fact, I think that this is happening more and more and more in the culture we live in, that more people are feeling lost today than ever before. Okay, they're struggling with addiction, mental health issues, serious family issues. More and more in people of, of people around us are feeling lost today. And they really need attention and they really need to feel seen and heard. And there are all kinds of promises being made to them and to us for that matter. Promises from the power of materialism. Promises from things like money and popularity and how many likes and shares you get on social media. All kinds of things that are really, really tempting and alluring to our human spirits. But, but they actually leave pe people feeling even more empty when they, than when they started. A lot of people around you are lost. So, so what do you do? 
So many lost people around you. People who feel like they don't belong. Your neighbors, your friends, your family, the kids in your classroom or on your ball field or the parents thereof. Trying so hard to be seen and to be known and loved and accepted. Trusting all kinds of promises to help them feel better and never succeeding. And my friends, this morning I want to show you how to reach the Ryan Miles in your life, all the lost people in your community, because there are no quick fixes and there are no surefire guarantees, but Jesus shows you exactly how to reach the lost people around you. Okay, so let's dive into it. I want to share a story with you about a man who was lost and searching, a man who had a flood of good things coming into his life. In many ways, everything looked uh, uh, quite good for him on the outside. Lots and lots of money and security and power and success, all these things, but he still just wanted to belong. Okay, so this comes from the Gospel of Luke chapter 19, starting in verse 1. And this is what it says. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. I think there's a song about that or something. I, I don't know. Just ringing the bell. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. Thanks be to God for that very good word. So I just want to summarize what the the story of Zacchaeus means for you this morning. I'm going to give you the ending before we even do the middle part. All right. If you remember one thing today, and only one thing, this is the this will be the only thing that I want you to remember, all right? And that is this. There is never true belief until there is belonging. There's never true belief until there's belonging. All right. Let's just all say that together this morning. There is never true belief until there is belonging. Very good. Okay? You might get fake belief without belonging. All right? You might get someone parroting the right words because they don't want to burn in hell or they don't want to disappoint dad or something like that. But true belief, true trust in God, there's never true belief until there's belonging. Zacchaeus was lost and searching. He had a lot of wonderful things in his life. But Zacchaeus had built a life for himself that was disconnected from God and the people around him. Okay, This thing of collecting taxes is not very popular now. 
was a lot less popular then because you weren't collecting taxes for your own representative government, right? You were collecting taxes for a foreign occupying army. And the system of tax collection was ripe. It was very poorly devised. It was ripe for corruption. You could basically just uh, charge way more than people owed so that you could enrich them, enrich yourself, and there was nothing that anybody could do about it, okay? So everybody really hated these tax collectors like Zacchaeus. I mean, they just absolutely hated them. They just really got under their skin like a high school kid who's trying to hard. And in my imagination, this is just in my imagination, so you can take this with a grain of salt, like everything else I say. But in my imagination, everyone wanted to convert Zacchaeus. I mean, think for yourself. If, if, if you think this is a, a logical scenario, okay? Everyone wants Zacchaeus to get right with God so that he will stop stealing their money. Like, just start being a good Jewish boy and, and stop doing these things that you're doing it. Wouldn't that be nice? In my imagination, he would walk down the streets, people would hurl insults at him, they would wag their heads at him, okay? They would tell him to get right with God, right? And turn from his wicked ways. In my imagination, Zacchaeus would walk down the street and the local rabbi would urge him to repent of his sin and purify himself of his sinful accommodation of the Gentiles. And none of that ever worked. None of that ever worked for Zacchaeus. I imagine they just kept trying to shame him and judge him and isolate him and exclude him so that they could finally fix him. If you look in verse 7 right there in your Bible, they're just so offended when Jesus doesn't do those things, when He doesn't exclude Him and shame Him and judge Him. Verse 7 says, All the people saw Jesus going to His house, and they began to mutter, Oh, He's gone to be the guest of a sinner. That's not the way you're supposed to do this. Jesus does something totally different. Jesus does something very upside down, okay? Jesus offers belonging to someone for whom no one wants to offer belonging. This dude has major cooties and Jesus just sees right past it. Jesus offers belonging to someone for whom no one wants to offer belonging. Jesus says, I must stay at your house today, Zacchaeus. He invites himself over to this rich guy's house. Unless that sound a little bit presumptuous, like I'm gonna, you're going to feed me supper today or whatever. I mean, you got to think about it. This is like towards the end of Jesus' ministry. He's basically a celebrity now. He's coming into Jericho. He has this huge crowd following him. And so uh, if you have a celebrity over at your mansion for dinner, uh, that's really leveling up your social cred. Like you're very unpopular with all of these Jewish people, but this guy is, right? So maybe this will kind of help my social credibility a little bit. If Tom Hanks invited himself over to your house for a snack, you might think that's pretty cool, right? Like someone famous. In an act of pure, unrequested grace, Zacchaeus doesn't ask for anything. Jesus bestows honor and belonging upon Zacchaeus. 
He levels up his social credit. So the Bible says that Zacchaeus came down from his tree and he welcomed them into his house gladly. Oh, he was so happy about this situation. Jesus doesn't do one bit of preaching, does He? He doesn't do one bit of begging. He doesn't do one bit of persuading. He doesn't do one bit of uh, apologetics. He doesn't do one bit of theological arguing on the internet. This is literally the only thing that Jesus does. He just offers belonging to someone for whom no one wanted to offer belonging. And the consequence of that is a changed life. The consequence is belief and trust in Jesus. The consequence is a repentant and changed heart. Jesus knows what a lot of religious people don't know. Which is that there's never true belief until there's belonging. That when you love somebody as they are, not just being polite to them, but you love them as they are. The kind of love that offers friendship, real friendship, and a place to belong. The love that says, I don't just love you. No, there are specific things that I can find about you that I enjoy and like. Sometimes that takes a little work, but it can be done. I know that you have so much to offer that kind of love, even if you never change at all. I will still delight in you. That kind of love. And that kind of love, that thing that you see Jesus doing for Zacchaeus, actually showing up for him in his life, actually stepping into his life there in Jericho, actually being a friend, a real friend to Zacchaeus, that is the thing that ushers in the kingdom of God into his life. That is why the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which is lost, because there is never true belief until there is belonging. So I will take you back to my friend Ryan in high school. This poor, fatherless, unathletic guy who was just trying so hard and constantly pushing his glasses back up the bridge of his nose. But I'm going to introduce some more characters in the story. All right? So. Uh, myself, several other kids in that public high school have been raised in church and taught to love and imitate Jesus. And so if you're 13 or 14 or 15 years old and, and you see somebody climbing trees trying to get attention, what do you do? Well, you've been taught by those Jesus-following adults in your life to ask, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do in a situation like this? And so my friends and I, we just tried to be nice to this kid. And Ryan just totally latched onto that. And we, gave, we gave him an inch and he, he asked for a mile. And we knew that we were supposed to be good little Christians and invite this kid to our Bible studies that we had on campus every day. And so we did that and there was a group of people there that were going to be actually nice to him and be friendly to him. And so he came and he stayed. And pretty soon, Ryan was eating lunch with us every day in the cafeteria, whether we 
really wanted him there or not. You know, as long as we were kind to him and nice to him and friendly to him, he was there with us and everyone would just talk to him, even though he could be pretty annoying and obnoxious and try way too hard all the time. And after a few weeks of that, Ryan held hands with a friend of mine and he prayed a prayer making Jesus Christ the Lord of his life. Because there's never true belief until there's belonging. And Jesus carried that kid who had nothing, hardly anything going for him in life. Jesus carried that kid through high school and beyond. And 20 years later, Ryan would break his arm and in some freak accident, die of an infection in a hospital. And he would leave his mom, his 14-year-old son, behind. But, the same high school kids would sit in a pew at his funeral and remember his faith in Jesus and the sure hope that that brings at a funeral. And the story of Zacchaeus becomes readily materialized in a moment like that. I was talking to my friend Ken Morris, whom we baptized in that baptismal right, right there last September. And Ken said that it was only when he experienced the unconditional love from his friends who knew the worst things about him that he finally started to think that maybe God could love him too. Because there's never true belief until there's belonging. That's why we call this church Beloved Community. It's a community of sisters and brothers and friends. And no matter what you bring into this place, no matter what's been done to you, no matter what you've done, no matter what secrets you are harboring today, no matter what you're going through, in this place on the corner of Preston and South Main, you are beloved and you belong here. You're beloved by God and you are beloved by us because no one truly believes in God until they find their place where their whole self, their whole story fits. Until they can trust that they belong with God and they belong in beloved community. And guys, so many churches don't get it. Okay, They cannot say that with authenticity and integrity because church is like this place where everyone's trying to outdo each other. You know, It's like this big race. Everyone's trying to fix each other, control each other. But to the extent that we can, that is not what we are building at Mainly Memorial. This is beloved community where we find friendship and belonging with one another while we work on ourselves in our own spiritual journey because there's never true belief until, there's belong until there is belonging. Isn't it amazing? Go back to the story of Zacchaeus. What happens when you offer belonging? Look at Zacchaeus. This is a guy who he's pulling the strings of government, right? Just to make himself 
rich and leverage the power of wealth to assert his life over the lives of his neighbors. This is a guy who betrayed his own people and whom everybody hated. And Jesus just offers belonging to him. And in that love that Zacchaeus discovers, Zacchaeus pledges to return fourfold everything that he has ever defrauded and to give away half of his wealth to the poor. Not by some uh, forced hand, not because he's compelled, but because he's enveloped in the absolute, lovely, warm love of God. In the beauty of the Gospel, the poorest of the poor are blessed. Everyone is blessed in the love of God. You live in a world full of injustice. People doing really awful things to other people to garner attention for themselves, to enrich themselves. And so what do we do about that? Well, we just kind of complain about it and wag our heads, right? Oh, it's just awful. You know, everything's a mess. But in the face of an even more unjust world that Jesus lived in, okay, more corruption, more economic inequality, more oppression. What did Jesus do? Jesus went to Jericho. He didn't live in Jericho, my friends. Jesus went to Jericho. Jesus went out of His home in Galilee, stepped out of His comfort zone to come to this new place. Jesus really put Himself out there to go to Jericho. And because Jesus did that, because Jesus got out of His living room and walked the streets of this community, He has this collision with this guy named Zacchaeus. And Jesus offered belonging to Zacchaeus. And it was only after Jesus offered him belonging that Zacchaeus truly believed. And it was only after Zacchaeus believed that injustice was dismantled. And of course, the poor were raised up. Our friends, you live in a world with many Zacchaeuses in it. Many Ryan Miles. A lot of people striving and striving and striving to be seen. And God has given you great opportunity in this life. God has given you great power. You've been given the power to help people find their faith in God. When you go out in public, when you go to your own Jericho, whatever that is, and you love people, and you offer them friendship and belonging, the same thing that you see Jesus offering to Zacchaeus. So today, everybody gets two souvenirs from church. So if you'll look at the end of your pew, take one, pass it down to a friend. There's two things that are paper-clipped together. First, you get a puzzle piece, all right? And the puzzle piece represents somebody in Lexington or Rockbridge County or Timbuktu, wherever you live. Someone who is isolated, who's living their life unseen, striving, striving, striving to live a life that people will look at. Someone who feels like they don't belong. Someone who feels like they do not fit. But God says they do fit. That's very good news. Actually, you do fit.
God has good news for their life. And so the puzzle piece represents somebody in Lexington and Rockbridge County that God is calling you to tell them that they fit in just fine, actually. And you've also been given an invitation to our summer sermon series. Okay, and of course the, 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 the invitation isn't really for you, it's for the puzzle piece. Okay? Um, instead of just inviting someone to church, you can say, hey, here's this thing that's going on. Why don't you give it a shot? People have all sorts of ideas about what church means when you invite them to church, right? So this is something much more tangible and easy and equipping, hopefully. So right now, I want you to hold the puzzle piece in your hand. Souvenir number one. And I want you to close your eyes, okay? We'll all close our eyes together right now. Who is God calling you to bring into the unconditional belonging of God's beloved community? Who's the missing piece of the puzzle in this community? Who is your Ryan Miles? Who is your Zacchaeus? Listen for the still, small voice, the nudging of the Holy Spirit. Who's the Spirit prompting you to say, this person you know or you see, it's a lost puzzle piece that would fit right in in God's beloved community if you only offered them the belonging that their heart yearns for. As you're sitting there, I'll just say this. If you're sitting there and no one comes to mind, it might be because you're not out in Jericho enough. For you, obedience today might look like finding more ways to get involved in your community, more ways to get involved in the life of families and people who are hurting today, maybe through community service or joining an organization or something like that. Maybe God's calling you to get out of your own living room. As you continue to open yourself up to the Holy Spirit, let me lead us in a prayer. Loving and generous and faithful and wonderful God. God who is love. The God who declares that at the center of this universe and time itself is love. God, we throw up our hands and let Your tidal wave carry us away to bravely be a force of love and belonging in this world where so many things are going wrong. We surrender our whole life to You, Lord, and to the doing of Your will. In the name of our brother and our Lord Jesus, we pray these things. Amen. I'll just say this. If that group of high school Christians had not offered belonging to Ryan Miles some 20-odd years ago, been faithful to bring him into Christian community, it would have been a very different funeral that I attended. The good news of the Gospel is that in Jesus Christ, the Kingdom of Heaven is available to Ryan and Zacchaeus and to 
you and to even people like myself. And the Bible says that if you will confess that Jesus is Lord and believe that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. That's it. There are no hoops to jump through. There's only love to let in and put in charge of your life. And if you've never made that confession and made it public through baptism, I really want to urge you and invite you to make that very hard but beautiful confession today. If you're not part of a church community, I invite you to lock arms with this good place today as well. We'll stand and sing together and I'll be down front if anyone wants to talk this morning. Would you stand please as we sing, come to the table. Thank mm-hmm. you.